We're starting a new series tonight on biblical healing. And thank God for the fact that our God still hears prayer and still heals the sick. Amen. And when Jesus Christ came to earth, he came to save us from our sin. He came to correct the ailments in our bodies. He came to deliver us body, soul, and spirit. Amen. And so we're going to be looking at the 18th chapter of the book of Luke, St. Luke chapter 18. We're going to read the last nine verses of this chapter. We find also this account in Mark chapter 10, which would be the last seven verses of Mark chapter 10. But I want you to notice that there is something very amazing in this healing that Jesus Christ performed on a blind man. Let's all stand for the read of God's Word. I love this story. I love it because of it, it has a happy ending. I mean like happy endings. Even your Bible has a happy ending for the Christian, a new heaven and a new earth. Amen? That's why children love those bedtime stories, happy endings at the, before they go to sleep. I mean, what kind of story would it be if you told the children, instead of saying, and they lived hap, uh, happy ever after, if you said to them, and they got eat up in the night by a monster? They probably wouldn't sleep, amen? And so they don't get eat up during the night by a monster. Verse 35 of Luke chapter 18, and it came to pass that as he was come nigh, that is Jesus to Jericho, he, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out much more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he was come near, Jesus asked him, saying, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith has saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. I want to use for a subject tonight, shining the light on healing. Maybe seated. Don't miss the title because that's very important, shining the light on healing. Now, I'll begin by saying this. If you seek to take medicine, you're seeking healing. If you go to the doctor, you're seeking healing. A good doctor is, is as good as a great neighbor. Doctors are working on the same side as God. I'm not saying they're godly. I'm just saying that they're, they're trying to achieve the same thing that God will achieve, and that is healing. And so a good doctor, as I heard one uh, country preacher say, is better than a good coon dog, a good doctor. But when you go to the doctor, you go to the medical clinic, you go to the hospital, you are seeking healing. But when you go to God, 
you are seeking the healer. And there's a vast difference between seeking healing and seeking the healer. Now, I have said this uh, in introduction of the sermon about the series of healing that will be on several nights on Wednesday nights. That healing is not a recipe. It's not a, a set of guidelines or rules. Healing is the presence of God. Anytime healing comes supernaturally, it comes to the presence of God. Natural healing is given to us by God. Our immune system has been given to us by God. Medicine works because of God. Doctors work on the same side as God. Not necessarily they are good people, but they are trained. And so we need to understand that they're on the same team. God is a healer. And I thank God for the fact that we can go to God and serve God and love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen? Now, I, I purpose by saying just now what I said because there are so many people today that when they get sick, they seek the healing and not the healer. Now, ultimately, if you seek the healing, ultimately, one day you will die. But if you seek the healer, ultimately, one day you'll go to be with Jesus in the air. And Jesus will bring you miracle after miracle after miracle because of his wonderful grace. Amen? We go to the person that's qualified. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen? A doctor, when you go see a doctor, he's got, he's got a little better than a kindergarten graduation. Amen? I mean, we'd agree that a doctor, especially a brain surgeon, and, and doctors that have a special field of, of expertise in medicine and so forth, they've been to school. They've studied. They've paid a price. they sacrificed to have the knowledge they have. And you go to them because they are professionals. They've learned, they've studied, and by the way, all wisdom comes from God. And so they've studied, they've worked, and you go to them because of their qualifications. Amen? I mean, as much as I love you men in this room, you are not going to remove my appendix. You are not going to do open heart surgery on me. If I ever needed a doctor, it wouldn't be coming after you. Now, you say, how do you know that? Maybe there's a doctor in the room. There is. His name's Jesus. But the rest of you don't qualify. And so when you look at a doctor, he has great qualifications. You go to him not because of him, but because of his qualities, because of his learning, because of his ability. And we go to Jesus Christ because of his qualities, because of his abilities. The doctor paid the price to learn. And people work together to to put medicine together and, and they work to bring healing. We need to understand that Jesus Christ came and he put together forgiveness for our spirit, our soul, and he put together healing for our bodies. You see, our salvation isn't just to be saved and go to heaven one day. Our salvation is to be saved and go in a body to heaven one day. We are redeemed body, soul, and spirit. And so um, people need a little light shine on healing because I know people that 
yes, I'm trusting God. Amen, I'm trusting God. But they're really not. They say they want others to pray for them, but they're really not. Now, there's some men in this room right now, and ladies, that you have been sick, very sick. And you are testimony to the fact that God works through medicine, doctors, and works sovereignly through prayer. Every, there's men in this room, women in this room, that you have been through sickness in your life, and you are a living testimony that God is still alive and God still saves, amen, still delivers and still heals, amen. Our God is a God of healing power, amen. And so we look at this and we understand that, um, that there should be an attitude that will have a mixture of what's right to really receive healing. I've way too many times I've watched people put too much emphasis on medicine, although medicine is good, but you've got to understand medicine is just a mixture of herbs and things that God has given us, wisdom, and medicine is a mixture which the Old Testament calls a, a place called apothecary. You call it the pharmacist. In Bible days, it was called an apothecary. What is an apothecary? It is a place where medicines are mixed together and you get the right mixture in order to bring proper healing. The problem is when you don't get the right mixture, you don't get proper healing. Amen? Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 1 says, Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So you got to have the proper mix in order to have proper healing and the proper mix to have divine healing from the healer, Jesus Christ. And so tonight, I'm basically giving you an introduction that I think will help us understand that there has to be an attitude, a proper attitude to receive healing from God. There has to be a proper attitude to receive forgiveness from God. There's qualifications that you must, and by the way, let me say this real quickly, and I could say it slowly and it'd still be the same result, but forgiveness of your sin is the greatest healing that any person in this room can receive. The greatest healing of mankind is when he receives the healing of his sin-sick soul. When we receive forgiveness, there is no greater healing than to be forgiven of our sin. Amen? I ought to get an amen out of that. But we need to understand that not only is forgiveness the greatest healing that anyone can ever receive, we need to understand also that Jesus does more than just heal us um, mentally or uh, psychologically. Jesus saves us and he wants to give us manifestations of healing in our life. Now, listen carefully because I'm really going to get I mean, I'm going to stir up the rocks in your gizzard in just a little bit. The rock in your crawl. I'm going to stir it up. Because so many people die unnecessarily, too early, because they've sought the medicine. They've sought the healing and not the healer. If there's one thing we need to understand, healing is not a recipe. You can get that, 
you know, you can get the, the, the recipe, I guess, at the pharmacist where the doctor writes you out a prescription. But God has wrote out a prescription for us too. And the first thing on the agenda is God is saying to each one that's in this room, attitude. You've got to know me. You've got, you've got to put me in your life. You want God? Hey, listen, healing only comes, the healer only comes when you invite the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into your life. Healing is yours because the healer is yours. And you can't leave God out of your life and expect God to give you a miracle. You cannot. Because the miracle worker is Jesus Christ. Hello? No, that word miracle is tossed around all over the country. You got miracle whip. You got miracle growth. You got miracle ear. You got miracle light, miracle stick. On and on it goes. But I want you to know today that only Jesus Christ is the miracle worker. Jesus Christ is the miracle worker. Are you listening to me? And so every one of us needs to have the proper attitude toward God. Listen, the first thing on the agenda is for you to know that you're saved. You're, you've had your sins forgiven. Listen, you cannot go to heaven if your sins are embedded in your mind, soul, and life. You cannot go to heaven as an habitual sinner. You can, you, you can be born again and still go to heaven with a sick body. But you cannot go to heaven with a sick, sin-sick soul. You must have forgiveness of your sin. And so that's first. That's first. And, and churches are full of people that's trying to find healing that have not really placed the healer as their Savior. It's, it, it's more like they're trying to get something out of God instead of God getting them and loving them and, and them giving their lives to God. Leave God out of your life, you're leaving the miracle out of your life because God's the miracle worker. Are you listening to me? And one day you'll need God so bad that you'll cry out to God, but God won't even know that, it, well, he'll know you're crying, but he won't recognize you because you have not walked in with, with him. First thing you need to do is get your relationship with Jesus Christ before you ever need the miracle. Get your relationship with Jesus Christ before you ever need the miracle. Now, I'm going to share some good stuff and some stuff that we need to learn if we're going to be in this series of healing and understand it correctly. We need to have a proper look at this. Start, first of all, with this statement. Now, in, in Mark chapter 10, the last seven verses, we're given the name of this blind man. He's called the son of Timaeus. Now, a lot of people call him Bartimaeus, but Bar means son of and Timaeus. So actually, we don't know for sure that his name's Bartimaeus. Some people call him Bartimaeus, and I even call him Bartimaeus, but he's probably Timaeus Jr. It's probably who he is. He's a blind man at the side of the Jericho Road. Now, you don't pronounce Jericho in Hebrew like Jericho because J isn't pronounced in Hebrew. It's Jericho. Jericho. That's how you pronounce Jericho. Jericho. And so we, we look at that Jericho or Jericho was a place of a low altitude. 
uh, but it was a place of uh, a beauty, a place of sweetness. In fact, the, the, the name Jericho means sweetness and beautiful uh, aroma. And here you have blind son of Timaeus, or we could call him Bartimaeus. Um, you say, well, I don't understand that Bard, Bartimaeus. I thought his name is Bartimaeus. Remember Jesus saying to Simon, blessed art thou, Simon, Bar, Jonah. The Bar means son. And so where it says Bartimaeus, it means son of Timaeus. So for the sake of all of you that always heard him called Bartimaeus, I'm going to use the word Bartimaeus. But Bartimaeus is at the side of the road. He's blind. Now, I want to begin by simply saying this because it's important because uh, a lot of people miss their miracle because they don't have a proper mix of life. The blind man had a good mix in his life. Let me explain that to you. The blind man had a good mix in his life. We don't know whether this man was born blind. He probably wasn't, or the scripture would say so, because it says so in John chapter 9. So this man probably lost his eyesight. And I don't know about you, but if I lost my eyesight, I would be bummed out. I'd be extremely depressed if I lost my eyesight. And this man, he's lost his eyesight. He's blind. It's at the side of Jericho Road. He's begging. He's been blind for some time. Here, I, I want to talk to people in this room right now. You've been sick a while. I want to talk to people live streaming. You've been sick a while. Now, if you're just sick a little bit, you're in bed, you know, for three or four days, you're up and going and going again. But it's this sickness that hangs on to your body. It's this sickness that you've been sick a while. Blind Bartimaeus had been sick a while, but he didn't stay home and soul up. He got out. Now, when you are sick and you're too sick to get out of the house, I understand that. I've been in that position myself. Too sick to get out of the house. In fact, I've been too sick. Judy wouldn't let me out of the house. And you need to understand that there's times when you need to stay home and take care of yourself because you don't want to spread the germ to other people that are sick. And we, we know that very clearly, that we don't want to spread it. But how many will, un, how many will agree that blindness ain't, isn't something you spread? Blindness of eyes isn't something you... I mean, blind barmaids don't go out there and rub against someone. Oh, I lost my eyesight. Caught, caught blindness from Bartimaeus. No, you don't catch blindness. Now, don't misunderstand me. You can be escalate blindness by getting around the wrong people. And you can be around blind people spiritually, but you're not going to get physically blind because you rub shoulders with a physically blind person. It's not contagious. Now, if it is contagious, you can stay home for a while. There's times when people can't get out of their house because they're too sick to get out of their house. But I'm talking to people that's listening to me tonight and some on uh, live streaming, some later on YouTube. You get out, you go to Walmart, you go to Lowe's, you get out and do things, but you take pill after pill after pill because you hurt. And there's nothing wrong with taking pill if you hurt. What's wrong, though, is when you allow sickness to confine you to your bedroom when you can get out. 
when you're physically able to get out. What happens is you allow sickness to become your controlling factor in your life. Blind Bartimaeus refused to let blindness stop him. And, and you know, I'm talking to people that maybe have sickness for a long time. You've had maybe arthritis or maybe uh, sugar diabetes or maybe kidney failure. You've had different things. And, and it'd be real easy to succumb to that. Get depressed and get, succumb to that, give in to that, and say, well, it'll always be I'll die with this. What if I was to tell you you don't have to die with that? What if I was to tell you God can heal you? But you've got to get the proper mix in life. Bartimaeus had the proper mix in life. He was blind, but he still got out. He still went out. I think blind Bartimaeus laughed with the other blind men. I believe he told jokes, hopefully clean. I believe he had laughter. I believe he lived his life. I believe he was somewhat to the best happiness that he could enjoy. He was someone who decided that I am not going to let this blindness keep me from being successful in public. This is blind Bartimaeus. He had the proper mix. There's people that have sickness and they allow the proper mix to be gone in their life. They allow the sickness to take first place in their life. Now, there, I think I've already covered the fact that sometimes you're sick and you can't get out of the house, and I understand that. There's nursing homes, there's places where people are physically uh, uh, unable to get out, but I'm talking about you that struggle and, and you just really are struggling with sickness in your body, whether it be arthritis or whether it be heart or whether it be cancer, whatever it is, you don't have to bow to it. Oh, take your medicine, you're seeking healing. Go to your doctor, you're seeking healing. But don't leave the healer out. Because Jesus Christ is the healer. Amen? You know, I, I believe with all my heart that there are a lot of people that leave the healer out because they put too much confidence in man. And you've got to have the proper mix in life. Bartimaeus had the proper mix in life. He went out every day. He begged at the side of the Jericho Road. He laughed. He played. He, he, he was, he, as best as he could, he was productive in public. He did the best he could. He didn't let that blindness keep him at home. He didn't let that blindness keep him depressed and out of touch with, with the public. He didn't let that blindness keep him out from having somewhat of a proper mix in his life. Let me say to everyone in this room, you got to get the proper mix or you can't really get the healing that you need because the sickness in your body speaks louder than your success for living for God. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. I love this verse in Proverbs 17, verse 22. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. Now, here in this Proverbs, the Scripture says that a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. So what are we talking about, a broken spirit? How can you break a spirit? 
spirits don't have arms and legs. And How do you break a spirit? I'm going to break your spirit leg if you don't behave yourself. I'm going to get your arm and twist it behind your back, your spirit arm, and break it. No, you can't break a spirit arm. You can't break a spirit leg. But if you allow sadness to infiltrate in your life and you don't have the proper mix, you will have a broken spirit. And, and the church is full of people with broken spirit. They go to church out of obedience and love for God, but yet they have yielded to the broken spirit of, well, I guess I'll die with this. When God is a miracle worker. Amen? Now, I know what I'm talking about. I've been sick. I'm not up here tooting my horn, although you know the beatitude, blessed is he that tooteth his own horn, lets it go untooted. And, and I know what it is to be sick. I know what it is to, for God to heal me. And I know what it is to watch people lose their, their you know, they, their spirits broke. Their spirits broke. There's people that get so sick, they still can go. They can go to Walmart. They can go to the doctor. They can go places, but their spirits broke. And because their spirits broke, the one place they won't go is to the house of the Lord. Because their spirits broke, the one place they won't go is to the healer. His name's Jesus Christ. Your life should not revolve around medicine and doctors. Your life should revolve around the healer, Jesus Christ. The mixture of life must be right. A merry heart doeth like, do good like a medicine. We don't want our, 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 our spirit to be broken, discouraged, depressed, dried up, hope gone. Proverbs 15, verse 13, a merry heart maketh cheerful countenance, but by the sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. The merry heart makes you have a big smile. The merry heart makes you have a pretty face. Lord knows I need that from time to time. I don't need that amen right there. You're not listening, obviously. But, but sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Now, I'm going to walk you through this miracle, and I'm going to share some things with you. And if, if Josh would pull me up just a shade in the monitors, if you can do that. I'm going to walk you through this miracle and show you the importance of shining light on healing. That's what I'm doing tonight. I'm shining light on healing. Your mixture of life needs to be right. You need to, don't let your sickness get you down. Uh, don't let sickness keep you from uh, looking to the healer, God Almighty. Now, not all sickness is due to sin, but some sickness can be due to sin. Because according to the book of James, if you anoint them with oil and prayer of faith, you'll save the sick, and if they've committed sins, it's forgiven them, according to the book of James. We know that Jesus Christ told the man that was healed at the pool of Bethesda, uh, go and don't sin, lest the worst thing come upon you. We know that the man in, in uh, Mark chapter 2, I think it's also in Matthew chapter 9, the, the man sick of palsy, they lowered down into the bed. Remember Jesus Christ said, the first thing that man needs is forgiveness. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And then he was healed. So the priority in all of us is that we're right with God. We must get thoroughly, 100%, completely right with God if we're going to expect God to heal us. And there's way too many people that's trying to get healing 
apart from being right with God. I'm preaching better than you're responding. Now, let me, let me just quickly say that. All, all sickness is a result of the fall of Adam and Eve. But people get sick because, not because they've sinned. Some people get sick because it's just a bad, ugly world. It's just a sin-infected world, just a germ-infected world. So I'm not saying that just because you're sick, you've done something wrong. I'm saying that there are cases when God will allow things to happen to us to bring us into a proper relationship with God. Let me share this with you because this, this is, I mean, this is just a profound statement. Sometimes God allows what he hates to accomplish what he loves. God loves you. But sometimes God will allow what he hates to accomplish what he loves. And we need to understand that, that God's main focus is for you to know him and to love him and to walk in his presence. That's God's main focus. Because you can, you can uh, go to heaven sick and, and broken, but you can't go to heaven full of sin and transgression. Brother Don knows what I'm talking about. He's probably prayed for hundreds and hundreds of people that really don't have a commitment to God, believing for healing. And God, at times, gives that healing. I'm looking at some people in this room right now. Obviously, God has healed Dirk. Obviously, God has healed Francis. Obviously, God has healed Jack. Obviously, God has, has healed um, uh, Ward and Lazarus back here, Lawrence, uh, Lawrence, Richard, uh, Lazarus, God's healed. How many in this room would admit that you've been healed before? Yeah. And so uh, uh, Donnie, he got healed so good, God gave him a new leg. But anyway, a little different kind of leg. But God, you know, I, I love the, the, the stubbornness of Donnie. He stayed in there. It didn't get him away from church. didn't get him away from God. Sickness being put upon people that is permanent. When I talk about permanent, there's no, really no such thing as permanent sickness. But if we look at it as, well, I'll always have kidney failure. I'll always have heart trouble. I'll always have lung trouble. And, and you speak that because the doctor told you that. Or you speak that because you, you, you've been broken in spirit. But I'm here to tell you that God can give you a brand new body. And he can give you a brand new healing. God can give you new lungs. God can give you new kidneys. God can give you a new heart. God can give you a, 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 a new mindset. God can give you everything you need, but you'll not get it unless you seek the healer. See, when we get all caught up with the, the mixture of medicine, and I'm not against medicine. You need to take your medicine. And you need to listen to the doctors. Sometimes the doctors don't get it right, and sometimes they have to, they're, they're kind of experimenting on you. I guess that makes us all guinea pigs when we go to the doctor. And, uh, but none, none, nonetheless, God is our healer. And we need to understand that we are indestructible until it's time for us to go home. Hello? How many would prefer to be indestructible with good lungs, good kidneys, good heart, good bone structure, good mind, good sound body. How many would like to be indestructible like that 
and go to heaven when it's our time than to be full of arthritis or heart disease or lung disease, kidney disease, sickness in our body, cancer. You're indestructible. You're not going to die till it's time for you to die. Well, it doesn't take a genius to figure out the best way to go home is to go home with a good, solid, healed body. You say, well, sickness got to get you someday. I know, but not today. Amen? I hate sickness. And so does God. All right, let me, let me just move quickly because I, I purposely chose blind son of Timaeus because he's in darkness. And I purposely took him because we're seeing light shining on healing. And if anybody, the church desperately needs light shined on healing. See, a lot of people want healing, but they've never experienced the light shining on healing. Because God is the healer. Amen? I believe God's going to heal some people in these series of preaching on healing. But I want to point out some things about this blind man. In verse 37 and 38, he's crying out, um, what, what's the noise? In verse 37, he says, who, you know, what meaneth this noise in verse 36 and 37? They said, Jesus of Nazareth passes by. Now, what was this blind man's response when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by? He cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me, verse 38. So what did he do? They told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. He told them he's not Jesus of Nazareth only. He's Jesus, the son of David. It's a messianic statement. Jesus is the sovereign miracle worker. And so this blind man is, is jumping, his heart's leaping for joy because it's, hey, He's not just Jesus of Nazareth. He's Jesus, the son of David. He's the Messiah. He's the healer. He's the incredible God. He is the miracle worker. You see, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, believed in a miracle worker. Verse 38, uh, 37 through 38 talks about he cried out. He believed Jesus was a miracle worker. That's the first start of your miracle. You got to believe that your healing is not in medicine and doctors. Your healing is in the healer, Jesus Christ. And I'm not against medicine and doctors. If I need to go to a doctor, I'll go to one. If I need medicine, I'll take medicine. But you need to understand that if you need a supernatural miracle, it's not going to come from a doctor or medicine. It's going to come from a healer. And his name's Jesus Christ, the son of David. He's the healer. Jesus Christ is the healer. And so blind Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. So that was his first cry. And so many people today need to understand 
that it's not a formula that we go through. You know, go get a good doctor, eat right, and, and you should drink plenty of water. You should eat right. You should take care of yourself, take your medicine. You should exercise. You should take care of your body because your body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. You should take care of yourself as far as drinking water and taking care of your body and abstain from things that's going to do in, injury to your body. You need to take care of it. Why? Because that's your responsibility. Your responsibility from God is for you to take care of your body. You should take care of your body because your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. But we must understand that when we do need the miracle, see, after being sick, blind by the man's have been sick a while, and he didn't let the sick a while get him down. He still had an understanding that Jesus, he was not just Jesus of Nazareth, he was the son of David. And so many people need to learn that Jesus is not just a church, go to church, get lucky service. Jesus is a person. He's the God. He's God of the universe. He's qualified. He hung the stars above our head. He's sovereign God of the universe. He's a healer. He is the healer. There's nothing he cannot do. And once you learn that and put him first in your life, then you can start believing God for a miracle. Hello? Oh, I want to preach this, but I, I, I just want to slow down a little bit because I want everybody to see that. Not only did he cry out to the miracle worker and believe there's a miracle worker, the Bible says he cried out for mercy. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. He cried out for mercy. Now, what did they do when he cried out for mercy? What did the crowd do? You need to be quiet. Hold your peace. You need to not, not be so loud. Hold your peace. Be quiet, son of Timaeus. Be quiet. And, uh, and the Bible says, even so much the more he cried out, Jesus, have mercy on me. Amen? I love that. The Bible says he cried out more when, when they told him to be quiet. He cried out more, Jesus, have mercy on me. He made it vocal that he believed Jesus Christ was the God of heaven. And they were trying to tell him to be quiet. But he says, have mercy. Did you know the Bible is very clear that God is full of mercy? Amen. The Bible is very clear that his mercy endureth forever. The Bible is very clear that God loves mercy and he wants you to love mercy. The Bible is very clear that God would much rather give you mercy than to give you judgment. God's a merciful God. And blind Bartimaeus cried out for mercy and they told him to be quiet. You know what? It's important that we understand that there'll always be voices, well, there'll always be doubters. See, the, the crowd, when, when blind Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they said, shh, be quiet. Be quiet, beggar. Don't trouble the master. Either they didn't believe Jesus could heal the man, or they thought Jesus didn't want to heal the man, or they thought the man was too far gone. And the Bible says he cried out the more. There was doubters around. There'll always be doubters. I said there'll always be doubters. There'll always be doubters about healing, doubters about miracles, always be doubters. But the Bible says he cried out the more. When they told him to be quiet, he cried out the more. 
and he cried out to God for mercy. Now, let me just share a story with you that I think is pretty cool. There's an old story, and maybe you've heard this years ago. I, in fact, I heard it when I was a young Christian years ago. There's a story about an old mule, just old as it could be. And the farmer, the old mule stumbled along and fell down a dry well. The old mule's at the bottom of that old dry well, and he's braying. Old mule braying, and the well's dry. And the farmer says, you know, that, that old mule is not any count, just old, never... You know, I, I think I'll just, you know, the well's bad. He said, I think I'll just take dirt and throw it in the well and just put the old mule out of his misery. Just, you know, cover him up with dirt. And, uh, and the story goes like this. He throws big old shovels full of dirt and the dirt falls on the back of the mule and the mule just shakes it off and steps up a little higher. Every time that farmer throwed in a big old shovel of dirt, the old mule just shook it off his back and stood up a little higher. It went on and on and on and on, and he'd shake that dirt off his back and step a little higher until, you got it, he got to the top of the well and stepped out free. When people try to dump dirt on your back, shake it off and step a little higher. Don't listen to the doubt, people. Don't listen to those that are spreading doubt. Don't listen to those that are trying to tell you to be quiet. Stand there and serve God and honor God. Amen. Give God praise and give God glory. Not only do we have people throwing dirt on our backs, and not only is there doubters all around us, doubt that God heals, doubt that God will do this and God will do that. Sometimes there's doubters in your own family. Hello. Some of them doubters in your own family. And some of them that doubt in your own family don't even go to church. Why do you listen to them to begin with? Some of them curse and tell dirty jokes. Why do you listen to them? Well, it just hurts my feelings. That's the problem. See, the doubters are without, and too many times we start getting doubting in our mind. We start doubting. Well, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just die with this. Maybe God's not going to do what he said he'd do. Well, what does it say in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You need to cast that down. You need to shake that dirt off. You need to cast that doubt down. You need to serve God. And God asked this blind man, what do you want me to do? And the blind man said, I want you to shine some light on my blindness. I want you to heal me. I want to be able to see. And let me say this real quickly. If you've had, a lot of people are going to die with, you know, terminal sickness because they just don't ask God. Say, well, they ask God. Well, they don't ask God when, they, when God has his scepter pointed toward them. You see, the king would point his scepter to you, and that gave you permission to respond to the king. And too many people want God to heal them, and God don't even have the scepter pointed to them. A lot of people want to heal him. They don't even know Jesus Christ. There's still sin in their life. Unforgiveness in their spirit. Bitterness in their spirit. And God wants you to know him because God is the healer. 
And, they, and God asked this blind man, Jesus asked this blind man, what do you want me to do? And he said, Lord, that I might see. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. That's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. That's an incredible verse. Amen? Say, so, well, preacher, I just can't seem to touch God. God isn't touching me. I've got sickness and God doesn't touch me. God wants to, uh, you know, I sing and God don't touch me. I, I, I respond to God, but God don't touch me. God's not touching me. And God needs to touch me for me to be healed. Has it ever occurred to you, if God ain't touching you, maybe you need to touch God? Amen. You know, if I wanted to talk to someone, they had their back turned toward me. And every time I tried to talk to them, they'd move around with their back turned to me. You know what I'd do? I'd touch them, tap them on the shoulder, and they'd turn around. That's what you need to do with God. You need to touch God. And if someone ignores my touch, I'll grab them by the shoulders and turn them around. Amen? Somebody ignores my touch, I'll grab them by the head and turn their head around like an ostrich head. I'll, I'll, I'll get their attention. Amen? Come on now. I'm preaching better than you're responding. And so Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, said, I want to I see. And verse 42, And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath, made thee, hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed glorifying God and all the people when they saw it gave praise to God. So what do you do after God heals you? What do you do after God does something for you? You praise God. When God does something good for you, you praise him. When God does great things for you, you praise him. You make it public. You make it public. That's what water baptism is all about. You make it public. You get saved. Jesus Christ saves your soul, forgives you of your sin. You make it public. When God touches your life, you make it public. If God's been good to you financially or put food on your table, you make it public. If God has blessed your life, touched your body, you make it public. When you reach out and give God glory, you make it public because there's nothing worse than a ungratitude person that doesn't appreciate what you do for them. They just grunt and walk off. I don't know about you. If I do something nice for someone, I, I would like for them to just at least say thank you. And if they don't want to say thank you, at least go off and tell somebody, you know, that preacher ain't so bad over there. He did something nice for me. How I many know it, it does something to the heart of God when you thank him? And you make it public. Amen? Amen? There are way too many people that haven't made their relationship with God public. You glorify God and all the people when they saw it praised God or, or, or gave praise unto God. Why? Because the light shined on it. The light shined on it. Now, this has been a little different starting point with the series on biblical healing. But you're not going to get what you need if you just think, well, we're going to get together and have a lickety-split hallelujah service and 
We're going to lay hands on me and boom, I'll get it. No, you're the problem. You've got to get your mixture of life right. You've got to get your relationship with God right. You can't expect a miracle if you're not going to love your God. You can't expect a miracle if you're not going to honor your God. Amen. See, blind Bartimaeus could have stayed home depressed. Blind Bartimaeus could have waited for people to bring him food, bring him clothes. And blind Bartimaeus could have his spirit broken. But no, his spirit wasn't broken. He got up every morning in the darkness. He walked out of sight of his dwelling place and went out to the street of Jericho every morning in the darkness. And he cried for help. And I think he praised God at times. He knew too much about Jesus, the son of David, not to praise God. I believe old blind Bartimaeus had a smile. I believe he had a chuckle. Blindness wasn't going to stop him from serving God, nor was blindness going to stop him from having the proper mixture with God in life. And too many people don't have the right mixture. There's not enough combustible healing in your life because you don't have the right mixture in your life. You live a life full of nothing but defeat and unbelief and doubt and fear and anxiety and, and, and listen, a poor excuse, a poor candidate for a miracle is someone that's always feeling sorry for themselves. Amen? If you really want healing in your life, you're going to say, bless God, it doesn't matter if God never heals me. I'm going to love Him because He's my God. He's my Savior. See, the attitude is, if God doesn't do another thing for me the rest of my life, he did enough on the cross of Calvary to make me shout for eternity, to make me love him and honor him for the rest of my life. So, yes, God can heal you of cancer. Yes, God can give you new kidneys. Yes, God can heal your liver. Yes, God can heal your lungs. Yes, God can heal your heart. Yes, God can heal your, your depressed modes and your your melancholy spirit. Yes, God can heal you. God can heal your troubled mind. But it won't work till you get the right mixture. It takes the right mixture. It starts with forgiveness of sin. It starts with forgiving everyone you know. It starts with no bitterness in your heart toward anybody. I don't think blind Bartimaeus had a bitter bone in his body. I don't think he did. And it starts with saying, you know, I'm going to make the best of life. I'm going to have the right mixture. And I'm going to keep God in the forefront of my life. I'm going to honor him. Because it's not the medicine. If I seek the medicine, which is okay. Medicine's good. Tastes bad, but it's good. Medicine, if it's right, it's good for you. And you should take it. And a good doctor is a good doctor. He's better than a good hound dog. A good doctor is a good doctor. Although the hound dog's cheaper. But anyway, good doctors are good doctors. But here, the problem we have is we, we rely too much on the exterior and the circumstances without trusting in the healer. Now, in this series of healing that we're going to do on Wednesday night, I'm going to do some preaching on healing before the, before the series is over. 
And by the time we get through this series, we're going to take the scriptures. We're going to talk about the scriptures, what it says about healing. We'll talk about those things. But the first thing I needed to do tonight was say, listen, you've got to position yourself for your miracle. If blind Bartimaeus would have stayed home that day, he'd have never got his miracle. If blind Bartimaeus had not did his homework and knew who the son of David was, he'd have not got his miracle. If blind Bartimaeus would have listened to them say, shut up, but he cried the more. He got louder and louder and louder because doubters were telling him, shh, you know, God's not going to give you what you need. You're not going to have healing. You know, I can just see blind Bartimaeus do this. No, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He covered his ears. Why? I'm told if you cover your ears, you're going to be a lot louder. And he cried out the louder, and he shut out the doubters, cried out louder to Jesus Christ. And that's what you need to do, that people try to rob you of your healing. You need to, no, no. Believe God for my healing. He's my healer. Isn't that beautiful? And it's not a, it's not a recipe. It's not a set of rules. It's a person. It is a healer. And if you ever get your supernatural healing, it won't be through an excited, enthusiastic evangelist. You ever get your supernatural healing, it'll be because you are excited, you have a desire, and you have the mixture right. You are combustible for healing in your life. Healing don't come because you quote a few scriptures. Healing comes because you believe those scriptures. Healing don't come because you quote or do a certain thing. Healing comes because you have the presence of God come to you. And if, and if the presence of God don't come to you, then you take the presence of you to Him. Amen? Isn't that good? So you say, preacher, I don't believe in healing. Then you're, you know, you're not going to enjoy Wednesday nights. But we are going to pray for the sick. We're going to pick a few nights in the future to pray for the sick, and we're going to believe God for your miracle. We are. We're going to believe God for your miracle. But we've got to start right here. Blind Bartimaeus had been sick a long time, but he kept the right conditions, kept the right attitude, and he didn't allow the circumstances to box him in to his room or into a place where he can't believe God. Amen? Hallelujah. 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 I've seen healing. I've been healed. But that don't do you a bit of good right now. If you've been sick a while, let's get it all together. First thing, sin out of your life. Live for God. Bitterness out of your life. Serve God. No, uh, no don't seek. Take your medicine. Seek the doctor. You seek the doctor, you're seeking healing. You seek medicine, you're seeking healing. But seek the healer for your miracle. The healer is Jesus Christ. And I want to say that all those that's battling with cancer, we got people in our church battling with cancer. You're struggling with cancer. And you know, the chemo and the treatments can be so 
harsh and so horrifying. And all those treatments can bring you so weary and bring you so weak with those treatments for cancer. You will not intentionally, but you will allow the mixture to get wrong. You've got you to let God be your healer. You gotta let God be your healer. So if I can just endure another treatment, no, we need to look to God. Treatments are okay. Cancer's a horrible thing. And we've got several people in the church that battle with cancer, and we under and I understand that. And let me say to you right now, if when you get so weary and you get so tired and you get so drained and you get so sick, why don't you let why don't you why don't you lean on my faith? Why don't you lean on the faith of the church? Why don't you lean on the faith of Christians in this room? When you get to the place that you can't pray, why don't you let us pray for you? And then let's lean on each other and believe God for healing. But the first opportunity you get, you, you make it public. The first opportunity you get, you come out of your shell. You open your shades. You let light shine on your Sickness, you let light shine on your healing. You let light begin to shine on your healing. And you allow yourself to have a life. Because sickness will take your life. Sickness will destroy your life. Sickness will take your energy. It'll take your life. And I want you to know God doesn't want that. He come to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Stand with me. We're going to give an invitation. Did you enjoy tonight? You'd be like that old mule. Shake that dirt off your back. Step up a little higher. Don't let people speak doubt and unbelief on you. Believe God for your healing. But it's so, so easy to get caught up in the hurt and in the weariness and the pain and the sickness that we don't keep the right mixture. And we need the right mixture. Bartimaeus kept the right mixture. He kept a smile. He kept a good spirit. He kept a good attitude. He kept himself out there. He kept himself out there working, believing. He kept himself in a place where he could receive his miracle. And that's what we need to do. We need to receive our miracle. Amen. How many, how many would like to receive a miracle? Amen. Praise the Lord. I got some loved ones that I'd like to see a miracle in their life. It's called being born again. Conversion. Amen. Josh going to sing. I want to invite you. Maybe you'd like to just come and say, Lord, I just want to make sure everything's right between me and you. I want to make sure that sin is gone, that I'm no bitterness in my life, and I want to make this journey toward my miracle. I want to believe for my miracle. I want to trust for my miracle. Would you do that tonight?